Hello and welcome to Euro Trips Across the Pod. Uh, I'm your host Andy and I'm this joined by a special guest in um, Sam Moores. How are you? I'm good mate, it's, it's nice to be on. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, oh, I'm good. I've had a great week of NFL as well, so it's been nice to just talk yeah. about it. Yeah, I mean, there's one game we're going to mention that neither of us want to talk about really, so um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that. Um, so, um, not only are you a fellow um, sports journalist student, you're also a fellow Dolphins fan. So I want to find out from you, um, Sam, how did you firstly get into the NFL, but also how did you become a Dolphins fan? Um, so for the NFL, it was uh, it was just uh, scrolling on iPlayer one day actually, and just saw like the NFL show. I thought, oh, okay, I'll check this out. And then I found out that uh, JHIU was British, and I was like, okay, this is cool. When he was at the Dolphins, and then I just became a fan from there. I knew my dad used to like the NFL back in the day, so I was like, oh, okay, dad, this is it. And you know, you know, I started talking about it, and now it's our thing. Like we watch it together every, every Sunday, and um, yeah, it's pr- pretty much where it started. A fair play, yeah. fair play. Um, a bit of a shame for you that you didn't last too long in my no. opinion. <laughs> yeah it's like anyone who, who became a panthers fan because of fa abada any of them must feel yeah. really annoyed in a way but at the same time pick your team pick your team don't you um and also i want to find out from you you mentioned that you watched it with your dad um so how do you normally watch your nfl do you watch it on sky sports do you watch it on red zone do you have game pass how do you how does how does a sunday look for you watching the nfl so we have a we have sort of a mix so we do you know, obviously there's a three windows of games if you include the Sunday night game. Um, but sort of the uh, the 1pm or the, you know, the 6pm here, those games, um, if the Dolphins are playing, we'll watch that game on Game Pass. If then, um, Or if it's on Sky, we'll watch them on Sky. If they're not, if they're on the later window, we'll just watch Red Zone for the first window and then we'll watch um, the Dolphins game later. It's basically, we just watch, yeah. when the Dolphins are playing, we watch them and then the other window, we watch Red Zone and so forth, yeah. Yeah. I mean, sadly, both Red Zone and Sky hate the Dolphins. I mean, yeah. how often do we see a game on Sky involving the Dolphins unless they're playing one of the big teams? And then us on Red Zone, I swear, whenever I watch Red Zone, they always show as minimal highlights of Miami as possible. It's, yeah. it's just because um, their offense is terrible, so it's got many points. <laughs> yeah. Well, we might as well go into that now, actually. I was yeah. going to mention Thursday Night Football, but... Um, Obviously, we played the Bills on Sunday. Uh, Miami Dolphins lost 35-0 to the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Um, in this game, in terms of yardage, Josh Allen had 179 yards. He was a leading passer. Devin Singletary led rushing with 82 yards. And Stefan Diggs led receiving with 60. Um, embarrassingly, uh, Buffalo's third-choice running back had more yards than our best rusher of the day, Mars Gaskin. I think their third choice had... I think Josh Allen had the second most rushing yards. The third most rushing yards was Zach Moss with 26 and Gaskin at 25. So that was just for me, that was a massive sort of pump for me that we just couldn't get the run game going and the Bills yeah. was far a better team. But you told me on WhatsApp you wanted to get something off your chest about this game. So I'll let you, I'll let you vent first. Yeah, it's just... That offensive line is terrible. It is so bad. And I think, well, too far, I think it's pass blocking in general. I think... I think Miles Gaskin and Austin Jackson between them. I know Gaskin's a running back, but like as in just a pass blocking. I think they had like 15 pressures. I mean that's a lot. That is yeah. Wow. I think Jackson was uh, responsible for about you know it, it might even be more than 15, but it's a lot. And I mean Gaskin is understandable. He's a running back. You know. I mean blocking. It's not essential. You know. He's more of a third down back anyway. He's great. He's a great part um, pass back um, pass catcher. But it's. Yeah, Austin Jackson. He's like a turnstile. He's, he's just 
just rolling. Uh, it's, honestly, it's just, yeah, it's horrible to watch. It's, it's like a shame because I thought Eichenberg played well the week before as well. So it was like, yeah, yeah. just for, as long as I support a sport of ten years now or eleven years now, and mm-hmm. as far as I know, it's always been the same form for years. We just can't protect anyone, whether it's Tannehill, whether it's even someone like Matt Moore, whether it's uh, Tua, whether it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, whether anyone we've had, we've always just never been able to protect them. And it's been a serious problem for same as our running game just for many years. Uh, it's just, yeah. I, mean, um, I don't know what your view, what, you, what your views are on too. I mean, I've been very vocal on the podcast of my views, but how do you expect them to perform well when you've got such an, an O-line as bad as that? I mean, you look at the best sort of, young quarterbacks or the best quarterbacks, they all got good O-lines. So the only one really I can think of had a bad O-line is probably Russell Wilson or Sean Watson. Everyone mm. else, if you're going to succeed, especially as a young rookie or second or third year quarterback, you can't succeed if you've got a bad O-line. Look at Sam Darnold. He's got a way better O-line than Panthers and he looks far the better, far the better player. Yeah. It's, yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, I'm a Tua fan. I think he's, I mean, I think he's going to be a decent quarterback. I, I, I don't get me wrong, I don't think he's going to be like a elite, you know, I don't think he'll be, I don't think he could win a Super Bowl on his own, I think he'd need help, I think he'd need a good O-line, he'd need a, a decent receivers, a run game, but um, yeah, he's not going to be like an Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> he doesn't just know yeah. what he is, I think he's like Jimmy Garoppolo, that kind of, you know, quarterback, and yeah, you know, I mean, Garoppolo got himself to a Super Bowl, but it's, you know, he's just sort of a decent average um, that's what he will be if he, if he does um, make a career in the NFL um, as a starter anyway but um, yeah it's just I don't know it, I mean especially with um, with the offensive line I mean like, uh, look at Joe Burrow I mean he's still getting beat up since Cincinnati at the weekend he was running around every three three picks because you know you're just trying to get the ball out because oh, it, yeah it's just yeah, offensive line play is really, really uh, crucial, and I don't understand how. Well, I don't understand why we won ten games last year with it because that offensive yeah. line was terrible last year too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even look at other things as well. We look at um, we had the first half Buffalo weren't anything special. I don't think they had to get out of second gear in that game. You look at Josh Allen, has it? What's he had? Something like he only one or two touchdowns, not those years of yards. And I think there was a point where. It was 14-0. We managed to get one fourth down. They punted from their end zone. Um, it was like something like 30 or 40 seconds left. We thought, you know what, we've got one time out left. We can go and maybe get a field goal, maybe get seven points if we if we do well. And then Jalen Waddle drops it, which is just a sign of a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, and I, I, was, I was doing an article on this yesterday. In fact, that we had when they had red interception from Howard and the following play, I think Jakeem Grant fumbled on the play. I mean, there's early ones where we just turn over on downs. I mean, we did make the most of any of opportunities that Buffalo gave us. Like, we, we had the chances, we had the, we had the fumble, we had the, from Zach Moss, we had the interception from Howard on Josh Allen, we had these chances to get back in the game. And I think as soon as it turned 21-0, as soon as they got to that third quarter, got that touchdown, I think then it was like game over. And um, I'm a massive Kaziki fan, and he's mm. my favourite player, but why isn't he getting involved? Why aren't we designing plays that, because he was probably our best receiver last year. He was, um, one of the best, I think, in the whole league. And I think we're just not. Why are we as our Why is our offensive coordinator? Why is he not getting him involved in the plays? And he had no no exceptions last time. Only a handful this time. It's interesting because in the preseason he was a big part of the. Um, yeah. yeah, he got a lot of targets in preseason, especially. Um, going back, 
uh, going back to the you know you're saying you know there's a fumble there was the x pick you know all that the, there are so many breaks that the defense provided and mm. every single time it it came to nothing like, i mean if you look at the stats here josh allen was 17 of 33 completion um you know pass up you know that's like 50 percent um and he only threw for 179 yards two tds one pick that's i mean that's terrible and you know for a quarterback and they, they, I think the coverage was great as well. I think Byron Jones has a great game. He did sort of drop. I mean, he could have, he could have got an interception himself. Um, but I mean, Jason McCourty was good as well. They played the perfect defensive game. It's just there was nothing offensively to back yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty much what it is. Like, yeah, it's just disappointing, really. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like you know, if we had, even if he had Fitzpatrick or someone, you know, better than Brissett, because Brissett was terrible. I thought he was dreadful when he when he played. But if we had someone, you know, someone who was a bit more, a bit more of a better quarterback. I think we maybe would have had a chance, but I think it wasn't our day. It just so many things went wrong. The offense clearly wasn't good enough, um, and it's hard to tell whether they we will have to a back for the next game. And I think even if he does play, I think that'll be a hard, hard game at the Raiders. I don't know whether we're home or away, but we're playing the Raiders next. That's going to be a tough, tough yeah, game. Yeah, I think I'll it's let, in Vegas. In Vegas, oh, yeah. God. If it was sort of uh, Raiders in December, I'd be a bit more confident. Mm. But Raiders always seem to start last couple of years anyway. They've always started better in September and October. So I think that's going to be could be a loss if I'm honest. It's, it's, it's going to be a tough, tough game. I don't know if you saw today, but uh, Stephen A did his power rankings. He put the Raiders in his top five. I thought it was quite funny. What? But, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, that was skip. I'll be, I'll be like, fair enough. Yeah, he talks rubbish. But yeah. um, but with um. I thought Stephen A is normally quite quite good, but I didn't. I mean, they've been good, but they haven't been top five. I'd say they've probably been top ten, but they've not been, you know, as good as the Rams, as good as uh, like Tampa Bay. They've not been good as um, um, even Green Bay yesterday. But um, yeah, it's just ass, ass odd. Um, right, we're going to go back right to the start of the week to Thursday night football, where the Washington football team beat the New York Giants at home. Um, so Washington moved to one and one Giants moved to zero and two. They won 30-29 with a last gap field goal from Dustin Hopkins. Um, Tyler Heineke came in for Fitzpatrick. He threw for 336 yards. Daniel Jones was a leading rusher with 95 yards. And <laughs> Taylor McLaurin led the game with 107 receiving yards with um, Jonathan Allen calling three quarterback hits and two sacks. Um, going into Sunday, the Bears and Bengals both went one-on-one after the Chicago's 2017 win over Cincinnati. Burrow three for 207 yards. Joe Mixon led rushing with 69 yards and Tyler Boyd led it with 73 yards. The Carolina Panthers continued their great start to the season with a, a 26-7 win over the New Orleans Saints. Um, Sam Donald threw for 305 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. James Winston, who amazingly threw five touchdowns last week, threw for only 111 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions and just one rushing yard. Whereas Christian McCaffrey, as he does normally, he led the uh, receive, running game with 72 yards and DJ Moore led, led the receiving game with 79. Uh, we mentioned the Raiders, they won 26-17 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Derek Carr throwing for 382 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Big Ben, 295 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The G. Harris led the rushing up game with 38 yards, whereas Henry Ruggs had 113 receiving yards with Deontay Johnson not far behind on 105, uh, with Raiders defensive end Solomon Thomas, formerly of the 49ers, leading the game with two sacks. Um, talking of the 49ers, they went 2-0 by beating the Philadelphia Eagles, who are now 1-1, despite Hurts leading the game in both passing and rushing yards. 
uh, with Quez Watkins also leading the game with 117 receiving yards. Reason for that was with um, Nick Bosa with um, recording two sacks and one forced fumble in this game. Um, and then our next game was Patriots beating the Jets 25-6 despite um, Mac Jones throwing for no touchdowns. Um, and Zach Wilson did actually lead the game in passing yards, but he threw for four touchdowns, four interceptions and zero touchdowns. Um, the only two touchdowns came from the ground with both um, Damon Harris and James White getting rushing touchdowns with Damon Harris's particularly being quite an impressive, powerful run and touchdown. Yeah. Um, Next game, we saw the Broncos play the Jags, and the Broncos beat um, the Jags 23-13, with Teddy Bridgewater thrown for 328 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, with Trevor Lawrence throwing for only 118 yards, one touchdown, the two interceptions, with uh, Javante Williams leading the rushing game as 64, Cortland Sutton leading the game as 159 receiving yards, with one interception, one interception for both Patrick Sertain and Kareem Jackson of the Broncos. Um, now, the next one was the Rams beating the Colts 27-24, as well as the Browns beat the Texans 31-21. Um, actually, a good game in Indianapolis. They came from 17-6 down to lead the game 21-17 before Matt Gay's field goal won the game for the Rams. Uh, both Troy Reader and Jaden Ramsey recorded sacks, interceptions sorry, for the Rams, with Cooper Cups the leading fantasy scorer for wide receivers. He had 36.8 points and had 163 receiving yards with two receiving touchdowns. Now, the next game I want to focus on with you, Sam, is the Falcons against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, um, in this good game, game it was a good game. It was a good game. It was a 48-25 win to Tampa Bay. Uh, Matt Ryan may have led the game with 300 yards, but threw for two touchdowns and three interceptions, whereas Tom Brady threw for five touchdowns and zero interceptions, once again troubling Matt Ryan like he did in Super Bowl 51. Um, so, yeah, just not more so on the game, but also I just want to get your views on Tampa Bay in general. I mean, Tom Brady is 44 now, and he still is incredible. I mean, he looks, he's playing like he's 26. He's got a same sort of Ronaldo vibe where mm-hmm. he's sort of yeah. playing the way he's tweaked his body, the way he's gone about his business, it's like it's sort of made so that he can play for longer and longer, albeit Ronaldo's probably got to do a lot more than Brady does in terms of over the course of a whole 90 minutes. But I think, yeah, I think Tom Brady, how exceptional is he? And do you see Tampa, do you see Tampa Bay um, going back to Los Angeles for Super Bowl this year? Yeah, I do. It's quite a short. I, I, I think the Bucks are incredible. Um, that, the amount of weapons they have, like you know, someone there is going to get free, and it's it's going you know it's going it's going to create a mismatch. Um, Brady looks. I mean, if you look at the PFF grades, he is the highest highest grade quarterback, uh, grade quarterback out of all of them. Uh, Jalen Hurts is actually number two, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, but yeah, Brady ninety three point zero or total offensive grade on PFF. I think the thing with Tom Brady, that Bucks O line, especially you know they drafted Tristan Wirfs in the first round last year. Like that Bucks O line protects him so well. I think it might even be better than in New England um, O line. And then he's got the defense to back him up. I mean, like they're they're even talking about adding Richard Sherman this weekend. You know, that's mental. <laughs> mental. I mean that. I mean it wouldn't surprise me. That's probably the only weakness in their team is probably their secondary. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of depth. Not, not a lot of depth. Sorry. Yeah. It's no. like, Especially with the injuries as well they've had recently, to people mm-hmm. like Murphy Bunting, etc. But that defense, you look at that three-four scheme they've got. You got like Vita Vea nose tackle. You've got you got Levante David. You got um, Shaquille Barrett. You've got Jason Pierre-Paul. You've got so many weapons on that defense. I mean that 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 middle force is exceptional. Yeah. I think that 
Um, and whilst I said this last week, but if you've got Antonio Brown as your third best wide receiver, that's <laughs> yeah. just insane. Um, I mean, Gronk looks good as well. Yeah, like, back to his best. I'd probably say. I don't know if you saw the thing on Monday Night Football last night, but he was saying that like. <laughs> he was just saying that Tom and him are probably going to break um, Peyton and Marvin Harrison's um, touchdown record because they said so they can go with, until at least Tom's 50. I think yeah. he, he I, I can see him playing for ages, to be completely honest with you, because he's, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's on the, you know, it looks like he could even be MVP at this point. I know it's a week two, you know, this time last year, where you were saying, oh, Russell Wilson's going to be MVP because he had a great yeah. start and all that. Um, but, I mean, it's Tom Brady. He, he is the GOAT. I mean, I, I personally hate saying that, but he is... <laughs> <laughs> An incredible quarterback. His arm still looks pretty good as well. It's not like Drew Brees where his arm faded over time. I think, yeah, I, I, honestly, I think Tom and the Bucks that they're going to be at least in the NFC Championship game because there's so much there that unless it's like a poor coach, um, poor coaching job, or if it, which I don't really expect from Bruce Arians, but um, yeah, I, I can't see, especially in the NFC as well. It's the weaker conference. The AFC is loaded. The NFC, you can see teams like the Vikings probably making the playoffs or, you know. Uh, personally, I think the Bucks and the Rams are the two biggest, uh, two best sides in the, the NFC. Uh, sorry to the Packers fans, but yeah, the Bucks <laughs> and the Rams easily at this point. Yeah, sorry, Ash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's just incredible. I mean, you look at his last season in New England, Tom Brady, I mean, he didn't have the receivers there and his arm looked done. And he's come to Tampa Bay, he's obviously got Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Tony Brown came later on in the season. It's just so many better weapons for him. And it's it's just, he just really makes it look easy. And I mean, it's a bit like Ferguson back in the day with Man U. You just couldn't see him retiring at any point. There was no sort of indication at any point that like, this guy's going to retire soon. And I think he could generally last till 50. I think mm-hmm. he's, yeah. he's all surpassed normal sort of human biology so far. He's sort of gone past the age of the average athlete, how long they go for. So it's just, he's just insane. And I think... I think they will, yeah. I think it'll be personally, I said it before, I think it will be a repeat of last year. I think the Chiefs, you know, they, they may have lost the other day, but I think they're still way too strong. I think the the Bills, I think the Bills are running close, uh, even the Browns, someone like that. But I just think that personally, I just think both teams have, have improved at a depth, but also kept their, their main core. And I think both teams are going to just excel this season. I think that, um, yeah, I, just can, I can see Buccaneers potentially, you know, look at, how well he started last season compared to last year where it took a long time to get mm. into their stride. I think we could see potentially like a 15 and 2, 16 and 1, even a 17 and 0. I really think that yeah. they're that good. I think I just can't see them losing a game. I mean, unless some horrible injury bug goes around or some COVID sort of outbreak in the team, I just can't see anyone stopping this team because he got so many options off defence, so many options on offence. It's just, I think there's not a lot you can do about Tampa Bay at the moment. Um, you mentioned, you know, they could go 16-1, 17-0. I mean, if you look at their schedule down the stretch, the last four games, I mean, two of them are divisional games, but the Saints aren't what they used to be. The Panthers, again, they're not like an elite team. And then it's Jets and then Panthers again. Like, that is a pretty, you know, favourable schedule to, um, to you know, down the stretch. And I'd, honestly, the Bucks, I wouldn't be surprised if they win over 15 games. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, the 17th game still sounds weird. I'm not used to it yet, because now it's now week yeah. 18. I'm like, okay. Yeah. But <laughs> not used to it yet, but yeah, I mean, they could be the first and probably only team to go 17-0, potentially. Yeah, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think personally there's maybe a couple of games they may lose here and there. I doubt it'll be against us. It's just, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, they're just very, very good team. I think there's not a lot of teams can do 
But we can hope just for, I always like different teams winning every year. I don't like it when the same team wins every year. So I would like, you know, someone like, what I love is have two teams in the Super Bowl that I've never been in it before. So I've always had my ideas. If we're not involved in it, I've always said the ideal one is Browns against Lions. That would be the ultimate sort of of breaking years of hurt. Just someone's going to have an amazing night. That's my ideal one if it's not the Dolphins involved. Um, So the next game... Was um was the Vikings playing against the Arizona Cardinals? This was, I think, an exceptional game, not only for the game itself, but also the commentary. From, yeah, uh, Gus Johnson, yeah, and the keep to leave for. It's exceptional. We, we got, obviously, in the end of the game, they won, the Cardinals won, um, and it was by virtue of a missfield goal from Greg Joseph for the Vikings right at the end. Yeah. And in the whole game, I think them two were an excellent duo, and I'd love to see more of them. I mean, they were just so good to watch, listen to, and it was. You know, you could hear the real passion in Gus Johnson's voice, and there was a bit of, bit of like humor involved with Talib as well. It was just, yeah. I think, personally, they were a breath of fresh air. I think Drew Brees has also been the same thing on on his coverage on TV as well. Um, but in this game, um, Daniel Hunter recorded three sacks. Um, Kyler Murray is also another MVP early favorite. He threw for over 400 yards, um, three touchdowns, two interceptions, with one rushing touchdown as well. Uh, rookie Rondale Moore was the leading receiver with 114 yards, with Dalvin Cook ran for the most rushing yards with 131 yards, but his evening was uh, cut short by a um, suffered ankle sprain, and it's yet to be confirmed how long he will be out for, so fancy owners, um, you might want to get a replacement coming in instead. I don't know whether you've got him in your team, Sam. No, no, no I haven't, that's so fine. Interesting you know, one. I mean, I've got one where, albeit it's only a four-man league, but... Um, my mate has Darwin Cook in his league, and I'm right. next. So, Oof. and I got Derek Henry. So, hopefully, yeah. yeah. Actually, what I'm in, here, I don't know how I'm in a four man league, but I don't know how this team is two and a zero and two, right? So, my team, right, is Aaron Rodgers, all the Mar Jackson, I alternate, Derek Henry, Antonio Gibson, Tyree Kill, Stefan Diggs, George Kitzel, Tay McLaurin. Jonathan Taylor, Jason Sanders, and the Washington defense. Now, can someone explain to me how I'm zero? That is like the ideal team that I mean yeah, yeah that's an amazing team I don't know yeah. I guess because it's a four man league I guess because there's yeah. less players and um, also I had one mate on auto pick and one oh god <laughs> and, <laughs> and he, no. he he still beat me he got Kylo on auto pick so um, and then he and my other mate he's sort of new to the sport so he doesn't really know oh. many of the players so he had to sort of go by like the projected points and stuff like that but I just Amazed me how I'm I'm two and oh my other two leagues, but my my one I've got the best team, I'm doing the worst. I find that very I, I have the exact same thing. I'm oh and two in my um my sort of redraft league and my two dynasty ones I'm two and oh, so it's just like yeah. okay, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, um anyway, going back to the game, I mean Kyler Murray I think is my favourite quarterback to watch in the league. I, I honestly yeah. I love him watching I love watching I love watching him just avoid pressure you know just scrambling around it's like it's like it's so small as well but yeah he proves every single person wrong i mean his arms are incredible as well yeah. uh, i mean I, I honestly i just i was watching this game and i was just watching carlo and i was like wow <laughs> he's good yeah. and a lot of people wrote off this cardinals team um before the season they're like oh yeah the rams and um well maybe the 49 i mean that nfc west is loaded <laughs> like yeah it's incredible and yeah, I mean, even Wondell Moore, he, for a rookie, he's looking amazing at this point. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I was listening to you on the way, on the way to the gym this morning, the Nat Kim show, Chad, yeah. there, and um, 
him and Mark Carlson talking about how Moore and Moe look like I was going to have picked out two kids from high school and just put yeah. them on. They look they're that small and that that fast. They just and yeah, I think Rondell Moore is an excellent sort of option for him. You got obviously Dondre Hopkins as the main go-to guy, but the thing is a wide receiver too. You got Christian Kirk as well, AJ Green. Um, their offense is just exceptional. I mean, JJ Watt hasn't got going out on defense, but look at Chandler Jones, how he performed last week. I mean, that's a, a fourth. I mean, also, I say Simmons as well. He's hadn't sort of improved. He's looked all right so far in the first few games. He's looked improved as compared to last year. I mean, I was one of the ones that was sort of. I think I, I did my prediction with the boys in the hair dry treatment on um, the NFL season. I had Arizona as my flop team. I thought they were going to be yeah. big their division. I thought their two biggest signings were two players over the hill. But I couldn't, couldn't be more wrong. I mean, it's only two games in, but they do look exceptional. I mean, on offense, Kyler Murray, I think him and Brady are probably the two early season favorites for MVP. I think they've probably been the best two players to the quarterback, which do get the awards. Um, and I think this game, I think, I think with this game, I think the Vikings had the chance to win the game. I think they had that field goal. Um, both teams really weren't great defensively. I mean, obviously, judging by the points they scored. Um, so I do think, yeah, the Vikings will be gutted because they got quite a hard start to the season. So I think they'll, they'll be very gutted that they didn't get a chance to get a win there. One thing I will say is Kirk Cousins is looking really good um, for him as well. I mean, uh, he's, I mean, that's. Kirk Cousins is like, you know, going back to Tua, I think Tua's like sort of, um, his, his ceiling is Kirk Cousins. I don't think he'll yeah, be anything, yeah. anything better than Kirk Cousins. But it's, I think for what Kirk Cousins is, again, when you put things around him, uh, you've got you know, Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are two of the best like run after a catch receivers in the league, if not the two best. Like, especially, uh, especially Thielen, like his sort of role, I mean, he's in the slot a lot, but he's all... He's you know he's everywhere basically, but Adam Thielen is one of my favorite players to watch, um, and he I mean he had a day, <laughs> so did Jefferson too obviously. Even KJ Osborne got uh <laughs> got some targets, mm. but it was um yeah it was just an interesting day for the Vikings. Really unfortunate with the field goal to honestly because they I mean, they deserve to win if you look if you put it that way. But yeah the Cardinals a bit a bit lucky, but they're looking really strong. Mm. Yeah. Them. I mean, Kirk Cousins, for me, I think, is one of the most average pick players I've ever seen in the NFL. He's just... His record on primetime says it already. He's just... <laughs> yeah. He's got these days where he plays well, but other days he just looks... He's got the same sort of feel to me as Jared Goff. I mean, Jared Goff mm. was actually right in the first half last night, but I think they both have the same thing where they look good against not lesser teams or against teams that aren't as good defensively, but when you put them against good teams, good defences, they all just crumble to pieces. And I think... Because I think the Vikings potentially could go from zero and four, judged by their next two games. I yeah. think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kirk, Kirk, it's very divide. Some people actually love Kirk because some just don't like him at all. He's quite a polarizing quarterback, really. Mm-hmm. Um, right before we head on to the Titan Seahawks game, which is one of my favorites of the whole week, um, the Cowboys did beat the Chargers twenty seventeen thanks to a Greg Zerline uh, winning field goal as the clock turned zero. But yeah, the Tennessee Titans came from a 24-9 halftime deficit to beat the Seattle Seahawks 33-30 in overtime. Derrick Henry ran for 182 yards. Tyler Lockett received 178 yards, whereas Ryan Tannehill threw for 347 yards, but zero picks, zero touchdowns, whereas Russell Wilson threw for 343 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Now, for me, this was actually, I think, my favourite game of the whole weekend. I thought it mm. was... Um, 
such a contrasting game of halves. I mean, Seattle was so good in that first half and I was watching it on Red Zone and then Derrick Henry was so quiet in the first half and out of nowhere he just pops up and just turns into a, a different player, the one we all know and I think he just really turned it on and he was probably the reason why they won this game. I mean, there's always been this worry with Tennessee before the season started about a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator but um, and obviously last week everyone was sort of Sort of get obviously criticised in Tennessee for their lost Arizona, but in the end, Titans just got got the job done. And I think um, you got to praise Mike Vrabel first of all for his head coaching, but also you've got to praise how good Derrick Henry is and how much of a beast he is. I mean, he's it's like it's like McCaffrey in fantasy. You just you know that this guy's gonna if your if your team's struggling, you know this guy can just get you out of hot water. I think Derrick Henry. Um, we didn't see the, much from Brown and Tudio, I didn't think, but in this game, Henry just blazed through and just tore the Seahawks defense apart. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, if you have Derek Henry on fantasy, I mean, if you didn't win, that's that's incredible because he got fifty point seven points. That's like that's mental. That's that's like half a score. That's like half your weekly score for some teams. And it, I mean, it's interesting because that offensive line for the Titans is not very good. We saw it. We saw Chandler Jones absolutely destroy it, and they were missing Taylor the one on um, the game against the Seahawks as well. Uh, sorry, they destroyed Taylor the one, and he was missing uh, in the game because he uh, for uh, I can't remember the reason, but it was something bad um, pre-game. And um, well, yeah, like I said, the Seahawks are a great start. Russell Wilson's come out uh, red hot again. Tyler Lockett, I mean, I, I have him a fan at sea, so yeah, I mean, I was happy to see him absolutely uh, bomb it <laughs> downfield uh, a few times, to be fair, because Tyler Lockett is, I mean, he's a fancy weapon. If you need someone in the later rounds, he's already got 34.8 points this week, uh, 111 targets, eight receptions, 178 yards and a TD. It's a lot. <laughs> uh, that 63-yard reception was the one I was on about, by the way. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Derek Henry, wow, he, I mean, he carried the ball 35 times, so obviously they're relying on him, to, especially in the second half. Yeah. But uh, he's unstoppable. As, on his day, he is unstoppable. I mean, do you remember that game against Jacksonville where he, he literally got the 99-yard touchdown? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he is in, incredibly difficult to stop. And then once you do stop him, that's where the Titans become vulnerable. Um, it, they're an interesting team. Again, I don't think they're going to do that great this season. I think they're probably still getting the playoffs because the South is quite a, a weak division on paper. If you look at it, uh, the Colts aren't 100%. You know, it's between them and the Colts, but neither of them are sort of you know ready to win playoff games, in my opinion, yet. I mean, Carson Wentz has looked pretty decent for the Colts. Uh, don't get me wrong. I thought I'm really, really happy with how he's played this season, especially how terrible he looked last year. But the Titans, the division should be theirs. And Julio Jones had a good game as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think personally the Colts are my favourites only because I think if they've went to play the whole year, I think they've got an amazing O line. Just prove mm. how good it looks if you got an O good O line. I just think with their weapons they've got with you know Jonathan Taylor, you got Michael Pittman who was good on the weekend. You got that amazing defence as well with DeForest Buckner. Um, I just think that personally Titans. I don't know. I think I can see either team winning it. I think maybe the Titans purely for that Henry Tannehill Brown trio. On offense, maybe that might be the difference. But I think Tyson's got the way better offense, but Colts got a way better defense. So I think it's going to be interesting yeah. when those two teams play uh, in the game. And I think with Lockett, I think also it tends to be 
if anything goes by last year on fancy, you'll either be DK Metcalf goes off and fancy, and then next week Tyler Lockett. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. both I think is pointless. Like it's, if you've got one or the other, I think if you had both, I'll just alternate each week. And I'll just have one week DK Metcalf, next week Tyler Lockett, because seems to be the game plan seems to be them just alternating each week between which receiver they're going to throw to. I mean, it's a good plan though because you don't. I mean, you don't know who, who who's going to get the majority of the targets. I guess, but I don't know. Uh, the Titans and the Cox play each other this weekend, actually. Oh, so that should be interesting. That's it's uh, it's in Tennessee as well, in Na- in Nashville as well. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, so uh, that should be interesting. But again, obviously the overtime as well. That was a bit. That was a bit weird because uh, I mean, watching it on Red Zone, Red Zone <laughs> shut down. Sky couldn't show it, so I was like, I have to scrub over to Game Pass and go watch this. But uh, it's a weird overtime period as well. Just it ended oddly, but I mean, Titans got their job done at the end of the running bullet field goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, after that was Sunday night football. Oh. Um, so before we do that, on the Monday night, the Packers beat the Lions 35-13 despite a 17-14 lead for Detroit at half time. Uh, Aaron Jones had four total touchdowns, including three receiving and one rushing touchdown, with Aaron Rodgers back to his best with four touchdowns and 255 yards, um, silencing any critics he had um, last week. Uh, before I do go on to the final game, this was the polar opposite of last week for the Lions. Last week, they were terrible in the first three quarters, and they were amazing in that fourth quarter. This yeah. week, they were amazing in the first two, in the first half. They were leading at halftime. Yeah, I mean, Dan Campbell's scheme was excellent. He got them when really he were playing well on defence. They looked every bit of t- as tough as he was sort of saying in the preseason about biting kneecaps. But the second half, the Packers got back, got back to, was just seemed to be back to their best. And the, the Lions just seemed to be a different team after half time. I don't know what was, I don't know what was said at half time in the locker room, but that was just such a weird contrast of half between the Lions and the Packers. That was, I thought that was quite strange. Aaron Jones of the day as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that, that four touchdowns is exceptional. And I think, I mean, there was talk of us getting him in the offseason. I think mm. if we got him, I think that he would have been so much more of a prospect this year. I think that could have really helped out our quarterback. I think he's that good. I think he's quite underrated until recently. I think he was very, not a lot talked about him. But I think since he got the contract, since, you know, all the stuff with Aaron Rodgers, he seems to have been more sort of in the spotlight. And I think that he, I think he's probably the in the top five running backs in, in the league, I'd say. So I think he was... He had a great game. But we do go on to Sunday night and talking to people who can run. Lamar Jackson finally mm. beat the Chiefs. Um, yeah, a, it took a while. Yeah, it took a while. <laughs> three, three losses in a row or something. So I think he's got back to his best now. He um, it was 36-35 despite Kansas City twice having an 11-point lead, both 28-17 and 35-24. Um, and in the game, Lamar Jackson had 239 uh, yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, the two rushing touchdowns, and 107 rushing yards, whereas Patrick Mahomes had 343 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. On the defensive side of the ball, Tyron Matthew had two interceptions, whereas Marquise Brown had 113 yards and one touchdown, and Travis Kelsey, the tight end, had 109 yards and one touchdown. Um, so, yeah, what were your thoughts on this game? I thought it was... Um, I don't know how the Chiefs didn't win that game. I thought they had it in the bag. Um, so what would you put that down to, that, that sort of collapse by the Chiefs? Um, well, I personally think, I mean, if you look at the time of possession, the Ravens were actually in control of the football for 11 more minutes than the Chiefs. 
which mm. shows that the Ravens had. I mean, their running, their running, their rushing attack was brilliant. Obviously, for Lamar, it always is. I thought Tyson Williams, their um, mm. guy who nobody's heard of, has come out from nowhere. He's been who's their lead back the other night. Oh, sorry, yeah, something was the other night. I was Sunday, but he was really good. You throw Devontae Freeman and Latavius Murray in there. I mean, they're down to their fifth, sixth, and seventh running backs, and they're still able to. I mean, they're gaining what two hundred and fifty-one rushing yards. It's, it's. I mean, I know Lamar's a big part of that, but that's still really, really good. So they controlled um, the game. Yet yeah, Lamar had a few mistakes with the two, uh, the two picks and the honey badger. Um, the first one, I'll forgive him a little bit, but the second one, he was just trying to get a ball downfield and threw it into triple coverage. It was going to get picked either way. Um, but I mean, other than that, I thought Lamar had a pretty good game. He's a bit like Kyler. He's really, in, uh, really, he's really entertaining to watch. Mm. Um, I mean, again, he's great at avoiding pressure, dancing around the pocket. Um, I don't know. It's just, I come away thinking the Chiefs are a much better team, but I was impressed with the Ravens, better on everything they've gone through, and hopefully you can start to build on that. Yeah, and I think um, one thing they've got is real continuity of the head coaching. I think John mm. Hartwell's been there for many. I think he's the third high, longest serving coach behind Tomlin and uh, Belichick. I think he's just... As long as they have him as head coach, I think they're going to go far in seasons. I think he's just had them so well organised. He um, sort of he gets the bottom away. He's just I think he's an excellent head coach. I think there was a time a few years ago where he was being talked of getting a shot, and I think if that was the case, that would have been the worst mistake the franchise did. They made um, the right move going from Flacco to Lamar Jackson when they did though, because yeah. they were sort of starting to stale out a bit towards the end of the Joe Flacco period, um, and. That's when they were like, okay, what's going on here? They were sort of nine, seven, seven, and that that those sort of records. Um, once they got, once Lamar, um, well, once drafted Lamar, they took a punt on him. Um, once Lamar was drafted, that you know, that was the turning point for the Ravens, and they've been pretty unstoppable since. Other than against the Chiefs, of course. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think that in terms of that monkey off their back, I think now in terms of. You know, if they if they meet again in the playoffs, the Chiefs and the Ravens, I think Lamar Jackson's going to go into this game that game with a lot more confidence because he has, you know, he has now beaten him, and I think that's going to give him an awful lot of confidence. I think that with this game, I think Baltimore can can stop the pass from the Chiefs, but then the Chiefs can stop the run. So I think it was real yeah. defensively. I think both teams were great on Sunday night. I think both teams were were poor in defensively at times, and I think that both teams will have to watch out for that in terms of. Say if they the Chiefs, if they play Derrick Henry, they have to watch out for that. And then sort of any if they play the Bills or something like the Ravens, I think they'll need, they'll need to make sure that they can stop out these mistakes they made when it comes to the because all good winning in week two, but when it gets to the big crunch time, I think they'll have to um, be careful of that and make sure that they're a lot more ready for the run or the pass. I think especially with the Chiefs, I think their offensive line as a Really good compared to how you know the Bucks annihilated it in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That Super Bowl, the Bucks absolutely annihilated that offensive line. You know, moved on from the likes of Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, um, and a few others. And um, Tardif came back from uh, his opt out. And it, it, that offensive line, you know, they've got, they've got rookies, but they've also got you know they've got Orlando Brown um, in there. They've got the former Ravens tackle. They've got a good mix of youth and experience in there. Um, and it's a pretty good offensive line to protect Mahomes. Going back to the defense, though, I am a bit worried about them uh, against the run, especially Derek Henry. I mean, that, that that's going to be interesting come um, come January. But uh, 
Yeah, I, I still pick the Chiefs to at least get to the championship game. That they got too much on offense to. It's an offensive league. They got too much on offense to to not get there. Yeah, I mean, they, I come up with the yard that you got now, Tyreek Hill. But in terms of he was, I don't think he was that big of a factor in this game. But they still got to use, you know, Byron Pringle got to use. Um, I forgot his name, Demarcus Robinson, number 11. Yeah, that's it. Got... I was really impressed by, because um, obviously Sammy Watkins was gone as well. Yeah, got, yeah. They have had to step up and Robinson, you've got uh, Darrell Williams running back as well. Yeah. He, he had um, a touchdown. It, yeah, there's a lot of players who not who wouldn't probably get onto any other team stepping up, like, uh, like New England used to with Brady, you know. It was yeah. just a revolving door of running backs and receivers. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, before we do end the podcast, um, I want to get sort of I actually forgot to text you this, Sam. Um, I like to go for every week of my player and play of the week. So I'll go first to give you time to think. But my player of the week, I've gone for Tom Brady. I think purely for the back there, he was so dominant in that game for most of it. Five touchdowns, zero interceptions. I think for me, that was just Tom Brady at his best. And I think that was Tom Brady of even 10 years ago, um, of that Randy Moss season they had when he went 16-0. And then the play of the week, um, I have gone for um, I have it down. Where's it gone? Um, oh yeah, I've gone for the Damon Harris run against the Jets. I think that yeah, run, the one where he just bulldozes into the yeah. end zone. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, unsurprisingly, he made it onto Cal Brandt's angry runs. Mm-hmm. Day. Uh, yeah. I think it's just I think Damon Harris is one. I think one of the most, under, most underrated running backs in the whole NFL. Whenever I see him play, he's always a factor. He always does something to impress me and I think that play against the Jets albeit it was a game where they won by very comfortably but even so it was just the way he just that felt seven or eight men tried to tackle him at one point and every time he would just bulldoze them out of the way he would just stiff arm them he would do all sorts I think for me that was just I almost went for Lamar Jackson's touchdown one of his touchdowns he made in this game against the Chiefs but I think Purely for the, how impressive that was for me from Damien Harris. Um, I'm going to go for Damien Harris with my play of the week. Um, so, Sam, I realise it's very last minute I've asked you for this. That's but, all right. Um, what have you gone for as your player of the week? Player of the week. I'm going to go for an interesting one. I'm going to go for Jordan Mailata, the offensive tackle for the Eagles. Ooh, um, the Australian great. one. Uh, the reason why is because he is a PFF's highest graded offensive tackle. Uh, oh, yeah. this, this this week um, out of anyone he just got a big deal from the Eagles as well and I mean that's incredible Ben White he hadn't played a snap of NFL football till 2008 or even Ameri- you know, football in America since t- till 2018 that is like you know, I mean he was an athlete they spotted him in the Barclay pro- program and you know now he's one of the best tackles in the NFL I mean that's a great story that so uh, I'm going to pick him um, and then my player of the week now that's an interesting one I can't really remember much now but uh, there was one player I remember, um, Kyler Murray. It was like I think he was just dancing around the pocket, and I, it, it looked like he was going to get sacked. And then somehow he just rolled to his right. And yeah. One down ball was wide open. Yeah. And then yeah, and there was a massive game. Yeah, that 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 for me would be that because that that I was just I was sat there and I was like, wow, <laughs> that is that is yeah. that that's that, off the top of my head. That's it. There could be more. There could be better plays, but that's what I remember. Was that the one where they originally? Was it originally interception from the Vikings on a previous play, and then he got brought back because he wasn't in bounds, and then I think so. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not certain, but I think I think yeah. so. Yeah. But yeah, um, and before we go, seeing as I got a Dolphins fan this week, I want to get your sort of prediction for the game against Raiders. I mean, how, how do you see this game going, and do you think we can win this game in Vegas? Uh, I think they can win the game. I think 
with the defense, especially the scheme that, they, that the Dolphins play, I think it's is yeah they can win. Now the last game in Vegas was interesting. I think they're going to be very motivated uh, by that, especially how it ended last year. Um, the the Raiders are, um, but I don't know. I mean, the way I see it is that offense is really good. They're going to have to stop Darren Waller, which. Eric Rowe, as good as he is at raising tight ends, he couldn't really do it last time against Waller. So that's going to be interesting. Maybe they dub- double him. Um, Henry Ruggs has actually started to look pretty good because I thought he looked quite bad last season. Um, and Brian Edwards just looks like a pretty good weapon as well. They, I mean, they must love him because they released John Brown. And I thought he's a great player for Buffalo. So um, I, I'm worried about the Raiders. No, Josh um, Jacobs doesn't look like he's going to play at this point in time. So that's good. So it's, it'll probably be just Kenyon Drake. Um in the, the the run game, uh, but uh, personally, I think I think Dolphins would lose it, especially if Tua doesn't play. Um, with Brissett, he he makes some stupid decisions sometimes. I don't know. I think they're pretty similar quarterbacks, to be completely honest with you. But I think because Tua's sort of the system's built around him, it's more suited to him. So it shouldn't ability wise, it shouldn't look too different. But just you know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah, if, if Tua starts, I reckon. The Dolphins might have a chance, but I'm putting it for a Raiders win, being realistic. But the yeah. defense could win. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, um, so I think with I think one thing was clear from this game that we hadn't really planned to Brissett playing. We no. didn't really plan. So I think maybe if you give a whole week of training, a whole week for Brissett to learn the system more to sort of get used to it, maybe we'll have more of a chance. But I think Brissett, on his day, he can be a capable quarterback. On his day, I mean. He's best at the Colts, but that's because he had that amazing align with people like Quentin Nelson. Where mm-hmm. now I think, you know, with a, a terrible offense, te- not a great, a terrible offensive line we've got in Miami, I think he may struggle a bit more. Um, I don't think two is going to come back. I think that he's going to have maybe one or two weeks off. There's talk him to come mm-hmm. back this week, but I don't see it happening. And even if he comes back, will he be game ready? That's the other thing. Um, I think Rugs. I think I was looking at the stats today that he only got something like 400 something yards and two touchdowns from like 13 games last year, and he's already got 159 yards from from this year. Mm. So he's like projected to get like something like 1,200, 1,300 yards for the whole year and like eight touchdowns. So I think yeah. he looks a far more sort of useful part of that offense. But also, I think he looks a far more confident player in that sophomore season. Uh, I think he's going to be a danger. But I think Jalen Waddle. Well, I think you, you have a good game. I, think I, I really like Jalen Waddle. Yeah. The, the way the Dolphins are using him, I th- I'm really enjoying that. Um, I was sort of looking at it and I, I quite like Devontae Smith as a player as well and I'm happy he's doing well at Philadelphia um, but yeah Waddle he's more of a Brian Flores player I think he's really he's really um, yeah I like him he's really good I hope he has a great uh, a long time in Miami and like some other receivers that are similar like Landry who yeah, yeah. just kind of shut out the door <laughs> yeah yeah I think Waddle he looks a really good yards after catch receiver he mm. can talk, like he can catch the ball in sort of a short pass and then really extend the play with a long run. So I do feel like he's been one of our bright sparks of this season so far. And I think he, I think, we'll, I think Kosicki will have a good game. I think we'll finally get Kosicki going. And I think, Hopefully. Yeah, I think it needs to happen because when he's on it, I think he's an exceptional tight end. So that's what they're him. saying in the broadcast the whole time as well. They're like, I don't understand why Mike Kosicki isn't getting any snaps. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't care. Last year, I think he had 12 most receptions, but the fourth most yards. So I think, mm. I mentioned before the podcast with Nat Coombs and Ash in the NFL that it just that, that stat for me shows that when he does get the ball, he can be really effective. So I think if we can 
organize the game plan that has him involved, has Wad involved. I think that's our way of winning the game. And I think the Raiders are better on offense than they are defense. I think if we can get that going, I think we've got a great chance. But I think we'll have Brissette playing and I think we'll struggle. I think we'll lose. I'm going to go for... Um, I'm going for... 24-14 to the Raiders. Yeah, might be something like that. It's going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah. What's your score prediction? What are let's you going go. For? Let's go. Twenty-one, fifteen to the Raiders. Yeah, oh. it's going to be quite low-scoring. That I think that's quite the Dolphins. Yeah. We're both very optimistic fans. <laughs> yeah. <on> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is. It will take time for the Dolphins to. Um, develop especially about Tua as well. It, uh, with the first five weeks are tough. Then you know the London game with Jacksonville comes, and then after that, it's a lot easier. Um, so once you get past week five, if you're two and three, then you can put a run together. Yeah. I'd say that. Are you are you going to the London game? I am. Yeah. yeah. I am. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. yeah. I've not seen live before, so I'm looking for. And I missed yeah, it last time. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to um, yeah seeing them live. I mean, uh, do you know where what what about you seat wise in the stadium? Uh, I don't know. I probably could text you or something like that. Yeah, but I don't know yet. Um, but yeah, I'm looking. I'm going to both games as well, so I'm looking. Yeah, same. Yeah, too long now. Hopefully, the Falcons beat the Jets and destroy them, and then we'll <laughs> yeah. the the Dolphins beat the Jags. Um, but yeah, uh, before we go, um, do, do you want to plug yourself on your Twitter, Sam? Uh, yeah. So uh, I. My Twitter is at uh, the SJ Moors. Uh, I also would like to plug my website because it's brand new. It's just sjmoors.com. It's basically got my entire portfolio on there. If you want to have a look, it's got my uh, my new podcast. There's a whole section about that. Um, basically, if you're just like NFL, if you like football, if you like F1 even, uh, follow me. I, I tweet a lot. Um, I have quite interesting takes <laughs> on a lot of things. Um, but yeah, I just I create content. I've not done it in a while because I've been really busy at work at the moment. But I've got I've got a couple of weeks off coming up, so it's going to be uh, yeah, full steam ahead with content coming up. Um, but yeah, at the SJ Moors or SJ Moors, it's pretty easy to find me. I'm same on everything. So yeah, uh, thank you for having me. No, we're still. Thank you for coming on. And um, anyone's listening, make sure that you should ch- do check out his content, his website, his podcast. Have a check of those. And we will have you back on in, in a few weeks. So, yeah, thank you for coming on, Sam. This has been the Euro Trips Across the Pod podcast. Uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you next time. So, all the best. Thank you.